And then I found out that my dad was diagnosed with a terminal disease, with pulmonary fibrosis, and the hits just kept coming. And I think I just dropped. I just was at an all-time low, and my best friend in the world, who I've known for the last 25 years, saw that. And she gifted me a birthday present, and it was an astrology reading. And normally, my very cynical, you know, 44 years, I think I was 43 or four, I was 43 then, um, I would have said no. I was such a non-believer and so judgmental, and I loved my best friend, but I wrote her off as being kind of woo-woo and out there in super LA, and I rolled my eyes everything she did, which is crazy because it changed my entire life, and it's why I'm sitting here and talking to you. Hello, hello, it is Raquel and welcome to Your Own Magic, a podcast for the creative and the curious soul. And as usual, the sponsors that you may hear today and their special offers may be linked in the show notes, along with ways to connect with myself and the Your Own Magic community. And feel free to subscribe if you haven't already, so you can be pinged, you can be notified on your phone when an episode is live. Now, this episode is about love. Love and all signs pointing to Paris to point Natasha Sislow, today's special guest, to find love. Now, Natasha, she's absolutely phenomenal. She's written for Variety, Cosmopolitan, Detour, and Shape, among others. And she's also a top producing real estate agent at a top producing real estate agency known as The Agency. We have one here in Park City. I believe it started in Los Angeles and she's a mother of two and her story will draw you in. In fact, I even tell her that this is a kind of story because it's, you know, a love memoir with a bit of astrology. I decided to even get one myself on Audible, even though I already had a copy of the book and her book is called All Signs Point to Paris, a memoir of love, loss, and destiny. And that is exactly what she explores in the book and we explore in this episode. So she shares her love story, her search for love story, along with her story and her journey of grief, processing grief with the loss of her father and still feeling his presence to this day, which is a beautiful thing, especially since she was once quite a skeptic and she didn't feel cracked open to the possibility that there was something beyond the physical until she was about 44, which I realized is such a magical age, 44 is my favorite number and i truly believe a powerful angelic number so i think that's a beautiful age to finally connect or perhaps it was 43 and she really explored it at 44 but regardless of age it's a story that i know will draw you in also to hear her experience of writing a book of writing a memoir and how she incorporated it into her day-to-day life into her routine her busy schedule along with letting go of the negative narratives that were trying to hold her back from writing a book 
book since she does have a lot on her plate being a realtor and a mom, yet she decided to pursue this magic that was within her and create her own magic, her own book, and now it is out there for you to listen to or to read as you read her hunt for her soul mate. And I'll tell you what, a theme of love has been surrounding me lately. I mean, I do have my great love for my puppy, of course, right? But I did just get back from my cousin's beautiful, magical wedding. My cousin, she's a spiritualist. Her husband is a scientist that is into astronomy, I believe. And the lady that they chose to wed them, she integrated their love stories together and tied them to the universe and the stars, which they're both into in their own way. And it was so magical, so beautiful. Plus it was in a magical fairy forest, I must say. And I I just felt very connected and in love with the entire experience. And I'm experiencing a lot of love in life right now. And even though Mercury Retrograde did just take place, but guess what? It is now over. Mercury Retrograde is now over. Congratulations. We made it through. I know this one was very intense. At least it was for me. Now that it's over, it is also time. It feels like the right time, divine time at least, to announce my new store, which you'll hear the birth name of her in this episode as Natasha kept bringing up something very synchronistic and I felt this strong nudge because she kept bringing up, I'll just give you a clue, tree. She kept bringing up trees. I was like, ooh, Ooh, it's it's something that I just need to share right now because this is the perfect time and her episode comes out when Mercury is turning direct. So it just felt so aligned, it felt like divine timing. Yet what I'm still figuring out and it's going to be very soon, but the exact birth date and time. I want to make sure that I choose one that's very abundant and prosperous and you know is going to provide longevity of course right so I'm looking at the perfect birth date coming up for that, but it looks like this shop is going to be either a Libra or Scorpio, right? Maybe a Sagittarius. I don't know if I feel like waiting that long, though. I mean, Euromagic is a Libra. It's turned out pretty well, right? (laughs) And our fifth anniversary is coming up October 16th. (laughs) That's exciting. But, I mean, that's just its sun. I'm going all into it. I'm looking at the Mercury, the Jupiter, the houses, everything. Everything. So, it's going to take me a little bit, but I'm going to choose what feels like the most aligned for this shop with artisan jewels and trinkets and ritual kits and more for you to explore and hopefully lift your spirits. That's the purpose of this. Some of the artisans are even local to Utah, which is very cool. So with all that being said, I can't wait to announce that for you. I'll likely have more information during the bonus episode this month. Every month I do a bonus episode during the full moon, the day of the full moon for the listeners, for you. And I answer your questions, which you might have sent in via the topic box on the Your Own Magic website, which is yourownmagicpodcast.com. Yeah, feel free to send some in. Perhaps we'll answer this episode, this bonus episode, or maybe a future bonus episode or solo. We'll see, but I'll likely get to it. And yeah, I just hope that this episode, I know this episode will spark something within you that no matter where you are right now, you deserve to write, to create your magic and have it be seen and heard and 
perhaps something will just flow through you to create this. You deserve it. You do. So I hope that this ignites something within you. And if it does, let me know or let Natasha know. And also don't forget to pick up her book, All Signs Point to Paris, a memoir of love, loss, and destiny. And with all that being said, enjoy this episode. And let's let the magic begin, Natasha's magic. Enjoy. Natasha, I have to tell you as well, by the way, welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're on. But just before this episode, so about a couple hours ago, I purchased your book. I have a copy of it, but I decided to purchase your book on Audible because for whatever reason, this is my kind of book. Therefore, I have to listen to it. I want to hear you talk about it. I want to hear you speak it. I want to hear you read your memoir. If you're the one reading it, right? I am the one reading it. First of all, thank you for having me here. Thank you so much. But and also thank you for that because it's it was such a crazy experience. You know, when when you say things out loud, they have a very different impact than when you think them or you type them or you, you know, communicate in a different way. So speaking and doing the audible recording was a crazy experience. And so it's a very different experience than reading it as well. I've heard from other people. So I'm curious. Mm. Oh, you enjoy it. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited and I'll let you know. It's very rare when I buy an Audible from a guest coming on because I get so many copies of books, but I read this memoir summary and I was like, okay, nope, this is something I have to listen to. It's a love memoir. It's got astrology. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. Of course. So what is lighting you up most in the season of your life, Natasha? Oh, what is lighting me up? You know, right now, I think what's lighting me up the most is all the love I've felt from like community and women coming together. I've been doing a lot of events in this past month with the launch of this book. And I've been really a going into it, trying not to, but going into it with a lot of fear because I have a lot of fear around public speaking and um, just putting myself out there, I guess. And I've been blown away by this community of mostly women, not all women, but a lot of women in my life and women that I haven't met before who are just coming and sharing their own stories and kind of this sense of community that is just growing and growing. So that's really lighting me up big time. Oh, that is beautiful. And it's interesting when you really share from your heart, your story, and you get vulnerable, how receptive, especially feels like women can be as they're like, yes, I feel you. I relate. And thank you so much for sharing that. So I feel less alone. Yeah, exactly. Less alone. Right. Yes, exactly. So I'd also love to hear your story from your words. I mean, you have a whole book on it, but I'd love to know what sparked this desire to write a memoir of your loss and love and destiny. Oh, yes. Well, thank you for asking. And well, I guess the best way to sum it up is to kind of tell you where I was in life. Um, I was really at an all-time low. I had given up on on so much. Um, I was divorced and I was raising two kids, um, single parenting. I had just um, lost my house and I had a business that collapsed. I filed bankruptcy. 
my dog had a sudden death. Um, I was trying to rebuild by kind of faking it till I fake it till you make it in high end real estate in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And I was just having, it was, wasn't having a whole lot of luck and I was really struggling. Um, and then to kind of make matters worse, I, after my divorce, I had really fallen head over heels with this very sexy, handsome Frenchman. And, um, this guy, Philippe, that I thought I would know him for one night, but one night turned into one month, turned into one year, turned into almost five <laughs> years. And we had this really passionate, wild, post-divorce, really fun relationship, but kind of was very difficult to put into real life. And kind of when we got past that, you know, in-between relationship, you know, that kind of, uh, what do you call it, transition relationship and just the fun and the wildness of being post-divorce and tried to put it into practical life, it didn't work. So I had just broken that off and my heart was just still like crushed because I loved him so much, but I, we just couldn't put pieces together. And then I found out that my dad was diagnosed with um, a terminal disease with pulmonary fibrosis and the hits just kept coming. And I think I just dropped, you know, I, I just was at an all time low and my best friend in the world who I've known for the last 25 years saw that and she gifted me a birthday present and it was an astrology reading. And normally my very cynical, you know, 44 years, I think I was 43 or four, I was 43 then. Um, I would have said, no, I was such a non-believer and so judgmental. And I loved my best friend, but I wrote her off as being kind of woo woo and out there in super LA. And I rolled my eyes at everything she did, which is crazy because it changed my entire life. And it's why I'm sitting here and talking to you. So I said, yes, I decided whatever I was doing wasn't working because I, I was just, just hit a wall. And so I said, yes. And, and that reading with, with the astrologer, um, her name is Stephanie Jordan, changed my whole life. She changed my whole life. And um, it led me on this quest to track down um, every man I could find born in Paris on November 2nd, 1968. And there's kind of a long story, even longer story about how I went about and did that. But that's really the journey. That's the story that my memoir is about. And you go on the journey. Was it Felipe who was also born November 2nd, 1968? Yes. Or was that your ex-husband? Okay. That was Felipe. That is a wild parallel. That's very synchronistic. Wow. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to read it. Uh, <laughs> or not read it. I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to listen to it. There you go. Hear me tell you. I have to say, Natasha, that my heart in a greater way than I can even explain right now. I know that people say my heart goes out to you, but like it really really does. And anyone who's been experiencing such a profound loss as losing a parent, truly my greatest fear. So whenever I hear that, my heart just ugh, sinks. So I'm curious, what were some tools that you might have used or likely still using today to process this grief? Well, I mean, a lot of what this journey was, was the processing of that grief. Um, when I went to see my dad, he had two weeks left to live. And I had decided that I was going to, basically my astrologer told me that I asked her to look up Philippe's birth chart because she told me all these crazy things in this reading that came true, that were true, or that were just, she told me about, she knew I was a writer in a, you know, many careers ago, told me that I should be returning to it. She knew about my father's illness. She, anyways, all the things I was a, you know, went from cynic to believer in 45 minutes. 
And then when I asked her to look up Philippe's birth chart, because I just couldn't get over him and I wondered what it meant. And I found out that he was in line with my point of destiny. And then I was like, no, 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 He can't be the only one who was born on that birthday. And so that's why I you know, made that decision that I was going to track down every person that I could find born on November 2nd, 1968 in Paris. Brilliant. And I went to visit my father because my sister called me and said, you know, dad only has two weeks left to live. And he wanted to call a family meeting because he was trying to make some big decisions about how he was going to die. And um, I had never experienced anything like this and he was quite ill. So it was a very difficult situation. He was crying and it really was, you know, one of the last conversations I had with him and he was sad to be leaving my mom and he turned to my sister or he, he was crying about leaving my mom who he was married to for 56 years. They had a beautiful love story. And I believe they still do because I believe very much in, you know, many lives now, but, um, and spirits, you know, extending our bodies. But, um, yeah, so he was crying and my sister said, can you lighten the mood a little bit? So I told him about this, you know, quote unquote, wacky reading with this astrologer and that I was going to go to Paris to track down my soulmate. And he said to me, I'll meet you there. And he he promised that his ghost would meet me on the streets of Paris. And that was, I think it was actually just one of the most beautiful gifts that anybody's ever given me because it gave me hope and it gave me um, something to live for when after he did pass away, like that crushing grief, it was very hard to get off the floor. And um, I did, you know, all of a sudden open myself up to so many more things. I did turn to my best friend, Nicole, and say, okay, all those things that I was so judgmental on, teach me, you know? And so I embraced crystals. I embraced Reiki. I embraced meditation. I embraced, for me, actually being connected with nature is the, the best way for me to find home or, you know, my sense of self or my higher self or to like get in touch with spirit or whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, so, you know, I, to this day, you know, take these wonderful, long, long, long hikes. I mean, if I could just be, you know, under the trees for, you know, forever, I'd be happy, but I, I've, you know, tried to work and open my mind to all these things that four years ago I would have been so judgmental on. And, and a lot of them have really changed my life. I, mean, I didn't know a sound bath could be so powerful, you know? All of these, they can be very powerful. I love a natural look with some shimmer. I love that lightly soft contour, but add, of course, some shimmer and some blush, some highlighter, a whisk of eyeliner on the outer edges, and, of course, a strong lengthening mascara that does not clump or flake. That's basically the look I usually go for. So whether you like a more natural look or full glam or somewhere in between, you'd love Thrive Cosmetics because you're not only getting quality cosmetics, but you're also contributing to a good cause. And you also might already know of them as they have a pretty viral, vibrant turquoise tube on social media for their mascara. And it is a game changer. It is. I'm so happy that Thrive Cosmetics is not just stunning, but also 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And it's packed with clean, skin-loving ingredients. Their high-performance formula set the bar high with uncompromising standards. So no wonder their bestsellers boast thousands of glowing five-star reviews. And what also makes them even more special is that every purchase with Thrive Cosmetics contributes to making communities thrive. Hence the name. I mean, it's also spelled C-A-U-S-E-Medics. Thrive Cosmetics. 
So it's not just about beauty. I mean, they're truly about giving back. So with your support, they donate products and funds to support communities in need through responsive giving. That's why they've been my beauty obsession since 2020. I've been using their liquid lash extensions mascara since 2020. I mean, this is a magical mascara that lasts all day without a hint of clumping or smudging or flaking. And removal is a breeze as all I need is warm water and a washcloth. Pretty simple. And also here's the best part. The nourishing ingredients in this flake-free tubing formula not only gives you the length and definition that you crave, but also it supports longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It's a love story for your lashes. So Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 20% off your first order. And no one has to be open to it. You said that your father, I read, was he was not into the spiritual, yeah. which is, I mean, same with, I'd say, my dad or a lot of people, you know, and so it's not like you have to, but it does, I feel like it seems that it definitely helps to be open to that when you are really experiencing a deep grief. Yeah, and for me, it I wasn't even all of a sudden decided I was open to it. It just found me. Right. Opened. Right. You know, I wasn't like all, like all of a sudden, oh, I think I'm going to try this. It just all of a sudden. And when you open your eyes and to everything, to the signs, to um, different experiences, I mean, you know, you can, at least for me, I don't mean a you, I mean me, in my experience, you know, I can go to a sound bath or go get Reiki or go, you know, to a psychic or a healer or this or that. I can find those same things within me. Um, I don't have to go anywhere. Um, sometimes it's it's nice and comfortable to go and talk to somebody and to like kind of reflect with, you know, an intuitive or astrologer because you know what's in there. You know if it resonates or it sounds right, it's already in there. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It's absolutely. It's just there reminding you. We're bringing it back to surface so yes. you can know now. Also, when I was scrolling through your Instagram the one photo that popped out, because I have a photo with my dad in Paris, which is truly one of my greatest treasures. It really is. Mm. And so when I scrolled through, I found that you had one with your dad in Paris, right? Yeah. And when you were younger. Yeah. And it's just a magical time. It's a magical memory to create. It's not just a romantic connection there. I mean, it's about deepening connection with anyone. Yeah. And so it was such a, it just really stood out to me. And then what gave me chills was also your caption and how reading about how he, like I just said, you know, a man whose belief system isn't spiritual, but in facts and logic, yet at the same time, he said he's going to see you in Paris. His spirit's going to see you in Paris. Like, and then you even just said this just now. And I just, my chills are so high, like beaming. And I'm curious, did you experience his presence while you were in Paris? hundred percent. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. My sister and I both did. My sister and my two best friends came with me to Paris and my sister and I, you know, really went there because we made that promise to him. And also I was on this wild adventure. I'm meeting all these different people. Um, and the, his presence coming in the most unlikely moments is really what blew me away. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know how I really wasn't ever open to this side of my being for the first 43 years of my life. But yes, it's really, it's really interesting how something just kind of cracks open and then you just can't 
close it, you know? Absolutely. And I do think it all happens for everybody in divine timing. Like, could you fathom your life any differently, you know, beforehand? So I think that's so beautiful. Oh my gosh. Oh, so also in Paris though, did you experience love when you went to find November 2nd, 1968 guy after online searching and everything. Yes. I mean, I can't give any spoilers. No, no, don't. I don't want to spoil I experienced so much more love in so many more ways than I even knew possible. Wow. Um, the, The whole journey completely changed my world. I mean, not to speak to like the dates because those are really fun and I don't want to give any spoilers but there were also these like beautiful moments where um, my sister and my best friend, we show up at a bar in Paris and I had invited all the women of Paris in a Facebook group to come meet us. And one by one, we thought like nobody would show up. And then they, all these incredible women just started walking into this beautiful bar in the Marais and we were celebrating love and friendship. And it was just like out of a fairy tale, really, but like not the kind of fairy tale that we grew up watching, which <laughs> those are not healthy, you know, but it was like a modern day fairy tale. I can't even tell you. It was really, really beautiful. Well, I'm excited to hear it. I'm so excited to hear it. So I want to commend you as well for the astrologer said that you should get back into writing, correct? Yeah. Which I'm sure you're thankful she did. And I'm thankful you did. And you, you were writing before real estate. And I think it's amazing when someone is, you know, doing one thing. And then at the same time, they also have another thing that they're passionate about. Yet it's a scary thing to tackle. And I'm curious if you had any sort of narratives in your mind that were preventing you from writing before you end up taking the leap. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Every narrative. (laughs) narrative. I mean, I was a magazine writer in my early 20s. Wow. I gave up writing. Um, my, my magazine folded and it's a very hard thing to make money at. And I really felt like a failure. And um, so I gave it up and I tried very hard to, um, I had a diff- couple different careers and then I had two kids and I wanted to be a quote unquote good mom. And a good mom is, you know, something in my head that I just just wanted to focus only on one thing. I've really, really a lot of ADD. So I bounce around a lot and I was trying so hard to just be good at one thing. And I think I had such low self-esteem and I never thought I was any good. And when my astrologer said to me, your point of destiny is to tell a story. And she explained to me that the point of destiny in astrology is the highest expression of your being where you receive the most support from your higher self and from the universe. It's not like a destiny that's given. It's not a given. It's a precious journey. And um, she says that if you undertake this journey, it will provide the most sublime results. So if somebody tells you that, that your point of destiny is to tell a story and that you should return to writing, you can't help but kind of wonder, Yeah. you know, we all want to know what, you know, the meaning of life is or our point of destiny and all this kind of stuff. So I think it, Definitely. Um, and it, it kind of cracked open my writer's heart again because I missed it. I missed this was how I processed and communicated and how I made sense of the world. And so um, but to your point, you're right. We're told that we have to be one thing. And I have a full time career in real estate and I you know, have a full time career as a mother. And I just really thought that I could do something else. And would that take away from my other careers? Or are you even allowed to do a couple things? And will people take me seriously? And 
you know, I just went for it. You did and you did it. And now it's also published by Harper Collins. No big deal. Yeah. yeah it all worked <laughs> out like just beautifully. I yeah. mean, talk about magic. I know. It shows that magic is real. No, magic <laughs> is absolutely real. You know, we all believe in it when we're kids and somehow along the way, at least I did, I, I lost that. I lost the magic in my life. And yeah. I think maybe a lot of us do when we grow up. Yeah. But writing this book and living this story brought all that wonder back in. And, um, yeah, it really, it really is like a fairy tale story. The story that I lived and I write about is a fairy tale story and the story of, you know, I didn't know I was going to write a book until after I came back from Paris and I got an email from a literary agent who found me out of nowhere. I mean, she heard about me through complete, we were complete strangers. And, um, she sent me an email and said that she saw my Instagram because I was documenting what I was doing because I was doing targeted yeah. ads and um, okay. I know I was targeted advertising for my soulmate in Paris. Oh wait, that's what you were doing. It wasn't yeah. for your journey. It was, you were target adding your soulmate. Yeah. I was doing targeted advertising. What? Yeah. I know. Oh I tried everything. God, I love that. I had t-shirts. I had posters. <laughs> I had business cards. I went on the radio. Oh. I tried everything. Targeted wow. advertising on Tinder or excuse me. I, I was on Tinder too. Target advertising on Instagram was, you know, the way that I kind of, the reason I built that Instagram and then I started writing about it on there anyways. So the, a literary agent found me and she asked me if I would ever consider writing a book, which really scared me to death because I could barely write an Instagram post. A book is really big. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but I remembered what Stephanie said, you know, that my point of destiny was to tell a story. Yeah. And I was like, well, this is a pretty good story to tell. Cause everybody kept saying to me, this is such a crazy story. And it kind of is, I mean, I don't like the word crazy, you know, different. And so that's how it happened. That is amazing. What a sign, Natasha. Like what a sign, a literary agent just reaching out. When does that happen? I know. I know. It's so weird. (laughs) (laughs) It's so meant to be. It just shows like, that's so beautiful. Yeah. And then she became like this wonderful, um, I even had her, my astrologer look at her birth chart against mine. Cause I was like, what is this? You know, and she said, yeah, you know, if you tell a story that's kind of like this, then yeah, you know, it was really interesting. And she got a reading with my astrologer too, and became one of my closest friends. So it's been a way. Really that's happy. awesome wow that's another beautiful love story that came from this story oh yeah for sure, for <laughs> sure. i love it so writing though with such a busy you know schedule being a full-time mama full-time real estate agent which i know is a lot of work how did you because i know there's a lot of, there's a story in everyone people like some people are listening they feel this nudge to write they feel like perhaps that's their point of destiny yeah or they just want to they just want to but they are you know there's so many different of course there's all the different fear narratives but there's also the physical schedule time is limited you know yeah and so how did you incorporate this into your routine well the beginning of it was during the pandemic so okay. the world was kind of shut down and you know hiking trails beach everything was shut down here in LA and so mm-hmm. the only thing that kept staring at me was my computer <laughs> so I thought okay I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try mm-hmm. um and you know I guess one of, and then when the world started opening up again and my work got really busy and I had to work, you know, I'm, um, I, I have to work to, to take care of these two little kids of mine and myself. And, um, I, I reached out for help, you know, if I couldn't make a showing or if I needed help with something, and that's something I never, ever, ever did in the first part of my life. 
Uh, I really wasn't the kind of person that would ask for help. Um, I didn't even know I had a community that I could reach out to. And as I kind of learned that, you know, it's, there's a lot of, I thought that asking for help was a weak sign of weakness. I didn't know it was a sign of strength. And um, so I definitely, you know, if I needed someone to help me pick up the kids or uh, I asked for it and, and people showed up for me and, you know, I didn't take advantage of anybody, but, and then I also woke up at four o'clock in the morning and just, I didn't let myself stop, but I think, you know, after you get a book deal, you're so grateful and you have to meet a deadline. I mean, I would schedule it in my phone or just make sure that I never, I never took a, I didn't take a day off. Friends of mine said, we didn't see you for a whole year. I was like, yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> I was on the hiking trail. I was on my computer writing and I just yeah. wrote the worst first draft ever. It was horrible. <laughs> awful. And then I edited it down and I edited it down and writing is rewriting. And I learned that it's much easier to have a really terrible first draft than it is to have a blank page. And I just mm. kept going. Good point. Yes. Because I think that's what stops a lot of people too. Like they'll be writing. They're like, oh, this is shit. Like they'll just say, oh, this is horrible. I hate this. This does not sound good. This does not sound like me. This is nothing that anybody would want to read, but. Uh, Welcome to my first draft. It was the worst. (laughs) You just kept going. You didn't give up. You just kept tackling. Yeah. And my agent told me, I was like, what do I do if I get writer's block? She goes, oh, that doesn't exist. (laughs) And as soon as she said that to me, I was like. Oh, she's like, no, that doesn't actually exist. Can you get like, you know, real estate block or this block or that block? And I was like, oh, you're right. You know what? What am I? That's just a way, you know, some days it's harder than others. And, you know, even on those days that I was like, I cannot do what I'm trying to do. I would make a playlist about, you know, around this, or I would do something that it was around the story or the book, maybe it wasn't directly related to it, but it was somehow feeding the whole thing. Or I would go onto Instagram, I would do something, you know? So I definitely have my days where it didn't, it wasn't so easy. Um, but I don't even know how I did it. I, I just kind of woke up and I was done. <laughs> I feel like I've been like living in it, but you know, the, I mean, 2020 was like that. And then 2021 is when 2020 is when I wrote the book proposal. I sold it at the end of 2020 and then 2021, they gave me nine months to write a first draft, which is insane. Uh, really, really fast. And I just kind of made it happen. Deadlines are nice because it holds you accountable. It makes you feel like you yeah. have to. When someone, let's say, they're like, oh, yeah, whenever on your own time, for example, like my situation, I, it just it has it hadn't motivated me. So I've had to set my own deadline. Yeah. And that's nice to have. Deadlines are so great. They are great. And they're also very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, sometimes we need a little fire under our, you know, tush to keep moving. (laughs) How did you feel, by the way, after you finished the book, you sent it in to your agency? How did you feel after wrapping up just the writing and it's done? I don't even know if I can put words to that. You're the only person that's ever asked me that. (laughs) I think, I think finishing the first draft was the not the final draft, but the first draft, that was the most, like writing that last sentence, it was, I remember just kind of hitting, you know, just hitting the period at the end of the sentence and being like, oh my God, I just, I just, and it's not, it was different than any other piece I had written even when I was younger, because it wasn't just a story. It was my story. 
And it was so personal and about my father and my, you know, my family members and my exes and my love life and all these kinds of things. And, and, um, God, I don't think I have the words to put what that felt like. It was just, I guess it was like closure, even though I don't really fully believe in closure, but it was definitely, I made it to to some kind of finish line, not just in the telling of the story, but also in the grieving of um, my father and in my, you know, love stories in my life. There was definitely uh, a, a, it's not closure, but it's something similar to it. I can't put the words to it, but I see where you're going. I think yeah. I know what you mean. Because I don't have closure. I believe my father's spirit is still with me. Right. I still very much love Philippe. Yeah. I still, you know, have this ongoing story of, you know, as we all do. No, there's no, you know, it's it's all ongoing. But there definitely was a sense of yeah. Ah, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, I like that. The ah. Sometimes you don't even need a word. Right. You can just, we can feel what you're saying. Right. Do you have any other anecdotes that come to heart that were in the book just for another little teaser to share with the listeners? Oh my goodness. Anecdotes from the book. I mean, there's- I know so many. There's so many. I mean, there's a lot. Of, <laughs> listen, I talk about like grieving my father. There's that. There's a yes. lot of humor in this book and a lot of like beautiful, sexy moments. I mean, there's a great, like, I mean, the best first kiss in Paris, like hands down. Um, oh, and- yes. I mean, just fun and magic and light. And I think that's what um, maybe that's why this story is resonating with some people, because despite all of the difficult things, you know, there's a lot of light to be found in the darkest places. And um, that's really what I discovered on this trip. So there's definitely a lot of humor. There's a lot of like, you know, dating fails in Los Angeles and the crazy world that I live in here. And then like the magical mm-hmm. world in Paris. And so, um, yeah, it's, it runs the gamut. So I hope it doesn't ever come across as like too serious because I really do believe that, that life, I live my life with a lot of humor. It might be a little dark humor, but there's a lot. of humor. <laughs> I love dark humor. Yeah. I love dark <laughs> humor too, because it's like, it's always in those like, you know, really hard moments in life that all of a sudden you get the giggles yeah. and something <laughs> absurdly funny. And you're like, this is the most inappropriate place for me to be laughing, but <laughs> yeah. I cannot stop. And thank God I had my sister along the way who has the exact same sense of humor that I do. So, Perfect. you know, we're trying to scatter my father's ashes and they get stuck in the, you know, scattering wand and I'm no. banging them on a boat and my, I'm like, the wind is kicking up. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. You know, <laughs> she's so worried about like, I, I, I'm the kind of person that like does not look before I leap. And she is very much careful and cautious. So you've got like the two, the two conflicting personalities together and a lot of stories like mm. that in there. So. Oh, oh my gosh. I can't wait. I like that you live life like this, that you take life sincerely, but not too seriously. That's what it sounds like at least. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, you got to laugh at life. Life is absurd. Yes. And it does have really hard, difficult, dark moments. And, you know, it does have a lot of like light, bright moments and they all kind of mix and blend together to make this beautiful, we can't, obviously everybody knows this, we can't have one without the other mm-hmm. and you just have to embrace it all. Yeah. Um, we're all just along for the ride, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So speaking of laughing, so you recently had a little chat with one of my um, all-time favorite podcasters and I'd say also comedians. I love women comedians. That's what I listen to most often, to be honest. And then, uh, so Anna Ferris. Yes. You recently had a little event with her. And 
I I can't emphasize enough how much I love this woman. <laughs> so I had to ask, how did this align? Yeah, you and me both. Um, well, <laughs> it just so happens that Anna is married to my ex-husband. What? So, and wow. yeah, it's in the book, and because it's a memoir, and I, you know, gave Michael and Anna a copy of the manuscript and mentioned to them that I was writing a memoir, and you know, they're like, "Are we in it?" I said, "Yes, you are," and I'll be proud you see it before it goes, you know, to press. And I thought that they, I mean, they're both fairly private, you know, I mean, their lives are not always so easy. I mean, we've had paparazzi like chasing the kids down and them down, and like it's. It's a very weird, yeah, it's a very weird kind of world, not so much anymore, but definitely, you know, when she was divorcing and it's hard to navigate that. And I thought, well, there's no way she wants to be in a memoir. I mean, she really wants to have a quiet life, but she has been so insanely supportive. I mean, she was supportive when my father was ill. She was supportive when I went to Paris. She was rooting me on. She's supportive in the telling of the story, in the publicizing of the book. So she offered to host this beautiful event where we were in conversation. Um, and it's really, I mean, a lot of what this book is about is what we have. It's women supporting women. It's doing things differently. It's living our own truth and our own narrative and believing in magic and, you know, all of the things that, that we, we had last week at Noya house together. And it was really amazing. Um, it's amazing. You know, it's, it's not easy to blend families and, right. you know, navigated it. It's sometimes it's like oil and water. I think I wrote something like that on my Instagram and it can be, um, but somehow, you know, we've found a way to like open our hearts to each other and she's an inspiration. Truly. That is so beautiful. Can we see this interaction and interview anywhere? I'm so curious. Gosh, there's no, there's uh, I think Noya house might be posting something about it. The Hollywood reporter just covered it, but I don't okay. know if there's a video recording of it anywhere. Oh man. That yeah. would, oh, if there is, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to do there a deep it. search, Natasha. Okay. I'm do a deep search. Okay. I have to see this. All right. <laughs> so before we move into rapid fire, do you have any other messages that you'd like to share? Um, I don't know. I guess, I guess to encourage everyone to believe in love and magic, because when you start to believe that's when that'll start to happen, mm. you know? I love it. That's beautiful. That's what this podcast is all about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Are you ready for some rapid fire? Sure. All right. Coffee or tea? Coffee, please. Lots of it. Mm -hmm. Same, same. Uh, uh, do you have a <laughs> favorite form of body movement? Oh, um, hiking. I just like love just being in nature as much as possible. You know, I like to get out of Los Angeles too. So if I can get up to Big Sur, if I can get up to the, you know, Sequoias, I mean, I will, I was just in Santa Inez and went on this beautiful hike called Lover's Loop. I mean, there's, I got, I have the app. I'm like a seriously like a tree hugger. I'm not a tree hugger. I'm a tree kisser. I kissed a tree the other day and I was like, my children, if my children can see me, they just like roll their eyes at me, but I love my trees. I love that. I call myself a tree hugger too, but tree kiss, tree kiss. That's new for me. I might try that. Um, And also, well, one reason I'm excited for the LA hikes is because here, Utah, I love hiking in Utah, but you sometimes run into wild animals and it kind of freaks me out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Rattlesnakes, they... They terrify me. We, we see those here. Oh, rattlesnakes. Yeah. I mean, like, but rattlesnakes, I don't know. I'm not as scared of them as I am, like, a moose or a mountain lion, you know, or a bear. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I hear you. Um, okay. So where is your happy place? Oh gosh, my happy place. Well, I think you're kind of actually going back to the last question because truly it is like with trees. That's what I thought. Yeah. I mean, listen, I can't, it's not with my children, but I definitely wouldn't say it's like one city or place. I really feel like I can be at home and at peace in many different places, but I definitely have to have like a connection to nature. Mm, that's a very expansive yeah. human outlook, by the way. And but do you have a favorite tree since you love trees so much? Mm, I love oak trees. Yeah. Mm, yes. I love, I oak love trees all trees. Too. Oak trees are one of my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Um, animal that you connect with most, if any. Oh, let me think. An animal that I connect with most to. I mean, I love dogs. Love, love, love. But I don't know if I would like call it like a um I think that's an evolution I think that like I connect to different animals as they cross my path which is funny you know it's like even you know a bee or um a stag beetle or a black beetle I don't know just as animals kind of cross my path I find you know reasons to kind of even when a rattlesnake crosses my path I'm like okay what is this teaching me in this moment? Maybe it's teaching me to slow down and to let them have the right yes. of way and to, or to just like realize that you're going to have to move forward with fear. You don't, I'm not being fearless. I'm actually having to move forward with fear and that's okay. Ooh. You know, or I don't know, I'm just making that up out of nowhere, but <laughs> so I, I don't know if I have, I can't, I don't have a go-to favorite animal, but I try to learn, you know, from all of the incredible different beings on this planet that cross our path daily. What a beautiful answer, by the way. And when you do cross an animal, which I'll sometimes do this too, I'll be like, okay, this animal just came into my life. What does this mean? This certain dragonfly, this certain hummingbird. And then I'll look it up or sometimes just, you know, figure it out myself within. Do you like to look it up or do you just kind of like find your own little meaning behind it? Um, One or the other, like either I'll text my bestie, Nicole, who seems to have, (laughs) you know, I don't know where. Where she pulls all these like information. I'm like, Nicole, there's an alligator <laughs> lizard on my doorstep. What does it mean? Like, good. <laughs> and then she'll tell me some beautiful story. I'm like, oh, okay. So the alligator lizard isn't as scary as I thought. And she'll look it up in some kind of, I don't know. She, she's, she's all into all. Nicole sounds awesome. Oh, no. she yeah. You love Nicole. Kind of honestly, you love Nicole. <laughs> I have so much to learn from her. Um, but then, you know, when, when she's not around, if I'm just on my own, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, there's an owl. I can hear an owl right now. Like, what is that going to slow down and teach me? And sometimes I'll look it up on my own or sometimes I'll just like really just take in the moment of, you know, it's so easy to get lost in our ego and in our to-do list and, you know, what we have, you know, and to not connect with nature and to not to see the big sky above us and to not, you know, notice all the things right in front of us. So, you know, it's, it's a constant struggle, but I'm, I try to step out of ego and, you know, step into spirit as much as possible. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And we all, we're all human. We're all trying, yeah, right. at least we're yes. doing our best, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Do you have a morning routine? Um, Well, that coffee that you spoke of, I wake up and I have, well, actually, no, I wake up and I do like a really mini meditation um, and just kind of go through um, a list of gratitude in set an intention for the day. Um, And then I definitely make myself an oat milk latte. Um, And sometimes I'll listen to a little Beyonce. (laughs) Yes. Get that queen energy. I love her. I just do. I mean, really, that was one of the the routines that I had in writing this book, I listened 
to Beyonce's The Lion King every single day. My children wanted to, Ooh. but it's so good and it's so powerful and it just helped me. I don't know why it helped me, but it did. And I can see that. Yeah. It like taps you into, that song does tap you into spirit. I like feel it in my soul yeah. whenever I hear it. I know you're talking yeah, about it. was very powerful, that whole album. So anyways, that's music is part of my routine in life overall. I love mm-hmm. music. It's definitely like who I am. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Any other musicians that you like? Gosh, I mean, so many of them. I have a whole playlist that I created when I was writing. Well, I created when I was living the story of this book. I have, it's called the Get Up Playlist. It's on my Spotify. Um, And there were all these, you know, when I was down, you know, really feeling low, I asked everybody around me, what songs help you get up? You know, when you just can't get off the floor, what helps you? Because music can do that. And so everything from, you know, Beyonce and Cardi B and, you know, one day to, I mean, all these other just really inspirational um, songs that just lift. And um, so I have my get up playlist and I'll listen to it, you know, every so often when I just need that lift. And then I have, you know, that get up, get up, yeah, just get up. Natasha, that's brilliant. I know my song already. It's always my go-to get up or uplift song. It's I'm a, I'm a total Swifty, total Swifty. I love her so much. I know. And her song Willow, especially the dancing witch version. Okay. I have to listen. I'm writing that down right now. Oh, it's so good. She has so many, she has like the moonlit witch version, the dancing witch version, another sort of version, and then just the normal Willow. Okay. The original Willow is also so beautiful. It's probably my second fave, but the dancing witch version, something about it something about it. Oh, I'm going to be listening to this for the rest of the day. <laughs> Yay. I love to hear it. I like <laughs> it. Um, it's from her Evermore album. Okay. I love it. I love her. <laughs> yeah. I love her so much. Okay. So if you could gift everyone, you know, a book, excluding your own, of course, what would it be? Oh gosh. A book. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I just finished reading Zane Asher's where the children take us and it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's really oh, wow. inspirational. It's about, she's a CNN news anchor and it's about her mother and all the sacrifices she made to have her and her siblings have this incredible life. Um, but gosh, yeah. there's so many. Um, <laughs> I know it's hard. Hidden life of trees to go back to our tree story. I mean, I do love that to remember that we're not the only beings out there and this to take care of this planet and that there's these other, you know, creatures that are living and just not in, you know, our consciousness and in our crazy world, but um, really, I love that book. Um, yeah. Do you know what an aspen tree looks like? No, uh, hmm, I have to think. A lot of people don't that are not from the Rocky Mountains. So an aspen tree, they're white and they have, I mean, these beautiful bright green leaves or, I mean, right now the season's changing. So they're starting to turn to this goldish color. It's so beautiful. They're my favorite tree that I deeply connect with and I'll hug one all the time. And they have on their white stem and their white branches, they have what looks like eyes looking at you. And it looks like they'd see through your soul. And if you Google it, you'll see. I haven't ever said this. This is the first time I've ever said it on the podcast. Um, And it's been going on for a year. But I just feel like so called to say right now because you kept talking about trees. And I was thinking this might be the episode where I first introduce it in the intro or um, mid roll or something. But um, yeah, so my shop is inspired by these trees, my new shop that I'm launching. Yeah. And you keep bringing up trees. And I'm like, okay, this is it. So I, I... 
until the last year, I waited for the trademark and finally got it. It's called Eyes of Aspen. And I love this. Yeah. You just gave me the shivers. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That's Oh my gosh, that's so great. That's a great yeah. sign. Oh, that's so great. Oh, I love, I love, love, love the Aspen trees. They've, I've connected with them since I was a child. So if you Google one, they're so beautiful. And I love that you keep bringing this up because before we even had this conversation, I thought, I think it's going to be that episode where I finally shared the title of my shop that I've been talking about. I love it. And I want to come see it and just like see these trees in person as well. <laughs> it's online first, but my goal is to have it in Park City where I'm from. God, um, one day, like a little one. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so another question, if you could time travel to your 16 year old self, Natasha, mm -hmm. to whisper something in her ear, what would you whisper? Oh, wow. Um, I guess it's funny. I wouldn't want to change a thing because I'm so grateful for all the things that I've gone through and that for where I am today. Right. So, yeah. But I think at that age, at age 16, I was at a real, um, that was a hard year for me. I was, I was expelled yeah. from high school at 15 and I wasn't really in, the school itself was actually the problem, but I didn't know that at the right. time. Right. Isn't that interesting? I didn't know that. I thought I was the problem because no. I was told that was the narrative that I was the problem, you know, but it wasn't that way. And I only discovered that in the writing of this book. Wow. And so I guess it would be something along the line of, um, you know, it's so funny because it's such a, I must have a hard time saying it right now, but I should not, I shouldn't have a hard time saying it, that you're perfect, mm. you know, perfect the way you are. And, and we all are. And I believe that, but it's so funny to say it to yourself because mm -hmm. then it doesn't sound you know, like you should be saying something like that, but that 16 year old, she was perfect, you know? Oh, so, yes, yeah, she was. Yes, yeah, she yeah. is. Well, here's the thing. There's no such thing as perfection. So I, well, I guess that's the wrong way to put it, but you <laughs> are as you're supposed to be. You, you yes, I'm exactly. not saying it the right way, but I think as you are and you're never going to be perfect. So, because Yes, yes. There's no such thing. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah. We all want to be those trees with the crazy eyes and like the branches. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so this is the last question that I ask all the Your Magic guests. Uh -huh. How would you advise the Your Magic listeners to create their own magic? Oh, wow. You know, I've learned that, you know, not everything can be answered by facts and logic in life. And I think that... Um, I spent a lot of my life doing that. And so I think if you take risks and follow your heart and trust your crazy ideas, um, then, you know, yeah. that can lead to a lot of magic. And what's on the other side of fear is everything. Ooh, ooh, beautifully said, Natasha. I'm so thankful that we had this chat and I'm so excited to dive into your delicious Audible. Where can everyone connect with you and get the book and all the things? The book is sold everywhere where books are sold. So everywhere from Amazon to your local bookstore to Barnes & Noble, all those good you know places. Awesome. Um, to connect with me, follow me at Natasha Sislow on my Instagram. I love it when people DM and tell me their stories or reach out. I'm like, this is, to me, that's what this journey is. It's all about connection and yeah. kind of learning from each other. So um, I would love to hear from anyone. And I'm so grateful to have met you and 
and to have had this conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time with me today. I'm so grateful too. And also that was such a full circle moment because I believe we started the podcast, you saying that as well, like you're what, what lights you up is being able to connect with so many people, listen to their stories and through this journey of your book being published and out there in the world where there's so many people like learning about you and your experience, which is such a wild thing to think about. Yes, it is very strange. <laughs> <laughs> it's an adjustment. No, it is. It is. It's like, it is. It is. And can you feel a different energy knowing that there's so many people you don't even know, strangers out there, but yet you feel connected to them because yeah are listening to you or reading you yeah it's been it's been like a really really interesting beautiful kind of journey so far and it's been you know just four weeks really that the book's been out there and yeah and it's and there's some days where I'm like whoa I'm overwhelmed this is a lot I gotta go climb under my covers and like you know <laughs> and that's <laughs> yeah yeah that's good that's more than okay to do as you should do that's a self-soothing yeah. mechanism yeah. well natasha you're yeah. welcome back on anytime because this conversation has been so expansive and i'm so thankful and honored that you came on the show and i am going to cherish this conversation me too thank you Yomis, it is time for the outro. Thank you so much for tuning into the Your Own Magic Podcast for the creative and the curious soul. And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already to be notified when a new episode is live. And if you have a spare moment and you feel the nudge to, it would mean the world if you left a five-star rating and review. And I'm looking forward to reading whatever your heart has to say. And feel free to say hi as well and connect with the community by visiting the Your Own Magic Facebook group linked in the show notes. And if you have any future topic ideas or a question that comes to heart you'd like me to cover, then I'd love, love, love to hear from you in our topic box on the Your Own Magic website at yourownmagicpodcast.com. And there you'll also find a membership portal leading to guided meditations by me and some journaling prompts, some spiritual or creative tools, and more. And of course, feel free to stop by the new online shop for artisan jewels, trinkets, and more at eyesofaspen.com. And with that said, have a magical rest of your day. Send him my love, Jai Mata.